Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Devon, England, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from Wellington, New Zealand, is David Wood. Okay, now I'm recording to yeah. my external hard drive, so let me just make sure that I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> just watch that uh, that megabyte reading on the recorder. Yeah, I've, yeah, worth double checking. Absolutely, I've, I've decommissioned my sort of NAS PC. So what was a PC that just kind of lived in a cupboard that had two three terabyte hard drives in, sort of one backing up to the other. I guess you could call it RAID, yeah. RAID 1 or 0. I always forget which one. I figured I was, wasn't really getting much use out of it. So I've seen Daft have this PC on 24-7. So I've yeah. ripped the hard drives out, put them in USB enclosures. Um, I got them for sort of 20 quid a piece down at PC World. They're now going into my Mac on USB 3, and now they're all backing up to Backblaze. So I've got 6 terabytes of external storage now, which is quite nice. Sweet. Not sure what Backblaze is going to think about it when <laughs> they see 6 terabytes <laughs> of my account, but... I think they'll be fine. I think there's a lot of people don't ever really touch it in that way. Yeah, they did. They did say unlimited. So, <laughs> <laughs> so right when the upload speed starts to like get constrained, you know they're kind of trying to throttle you. <laughs> well, they do say they never do that. That's part of their ad. Really, Un- unlimited, unthrottled backup. Yeah, it took about two to three weeks for the initial upload because of the six terabytes, I've got about two point seven used at the moment. Right. Um, yeah, that took nearly best part of two or three weeks to to find its way up to bat plays <laughs> did my 10k run that's a good effort 10k oh, i loved it as well um it's something i really enjoyed doing a few years back all i used to used to sort of do all this sort of run club kind of stuff so yeah having this thing last week has meant that i've been running um a bit more regularly just to sort of train for that uh, it's been been good to get a bit of that back again as well oh, i don't, I don't so. think i'd last very long doing that <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Oh, I'm not a distance runner at all. I just, I don't know what it is. I think Something in my body doesn't click with it somehow. I don't know. For me, like getting back into it, I started running again probably late October, just as it was starting to warm up again here. Guy that I work with, he was like, oh, I'm running in this thing in February. Do you fancy running in it? And I was just like, do you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. That was kind of like February seems so far away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'll be running 10K in my sleep by then. You know, all I've got to do is go running every other day. That'll be fine. Um, and of course, what happens? Really, I'm actually only running maybe twice a week. But even with doing doing like two or three times a week, I still managed to get my distance back up to about four and a half K. Remember the 1500 at school used to kill me. <laughs> Oh, that's a di- different sort of running, though, isn't it? You sprint that. I don't. I don't know. I always used to like whenever it was at school or, or whatever. It'd be like I'd, I'd always do like the sprinting in um, know, sports day or whatever. And I was okay at that. Like a hundred meters, I could just gun it and give it everything for twelve seconds or however long it took. Um, and then by definition, the teachers were like, "Oh, you can do the fifteen hundred because you're a good runner." It's like, no, you, <laughs> guys, you, you don't understand. Like what you just saw then that was <laughs> That's it. all i can do yeah. <laughs> they're like no 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 you, you'll be fine no, you, you'll win it for the for the house or whatever the yeah. group i was in i was like i don't think i will i really think so and so else should do it they're like no no you're, you're the one to do it i was like oh, fine on your head be it and i just rolled in last <laughs> like, see told you <laughs> they don't ask you again after that <laughs> yeah, oddly enough i never did get asked again no oh, oh. good times <laughs> Uh, what have we got on the list? I've got Twitter for Mac dying. And yep. then I've got the horrendous state of Apple TV apps. Let's learn to the Apple TV. 
<laughs> well, is it the Apple TV or is it just like lazy developers? Ah, uh, I feel a little unsure whether to call that out or not because I'm not an Apple TV developer. So perhaps I don't know it, you know, like don't know it well enough to sort of to make a call on them being lazy or not. But it feels that way sometimes, like when you're using the apps, it just. Mm. I was okay mostly with the Apple TV until about two weeks ago when the new YouTube app launched. I I couldn't believe how bad it was when I when I loaded it up. Um, it, I it says it brings some new features to the Apple TV. Sure, I don't know what they are. I haven't really discovered them yet, but. It's it's an embarrassingly poor app, I would say, like really really bad. It just it doesn't feel anything like an Apple TV app should feel like. No, it's, it sort of feels like they've taken the design they wanted to do and just sort of crowbarred that into the into what they've got. Yeah, I mean what what you're seeing, I guess, is like the standard YouTube experience that you'd find just on like smart TVs and and other places, and now it's kind of like. Apple TV, here you go, here's, here's your version of it. And I wouldn't mind, or I wouldn't have minded it so much if they'd left the the actual player alone because I, I can suffer through kind of, you know, clunky menus and things that don't scroll quite as smoothly as the native stuff does, you know, when you've got like a row of uh, row of videos that you want to watch. And when, you, when you're using kind of like a native Apple TV app, you kind of swipe on the touchpad and they sort of go along and it all feels you know pretty normal pretty natural the way it scrolls along i can i can live with it with like youtube not being like that um just generally being a bit like yeah this feels different but sure okay once i click play then i get the standard kind of player that comes up that you see on every video app on the apple tv where you've got the little scrub bar that comes up when you just tap on the touch bar and yeah you get the little thumbnail that follows you along yeah that standard stuff i can live with that as long as when I click play, I can forget all about that, and then it's all normal again. But it seems they've done their own player implementation as well. Yeah, it doesn't scrub the same. No, although I think to be fair to them, um, an update came out this week that apparently improves scrubbing in some way. I think I've got the update now on my Apple TV, and yeah, I used it, and yeah, I mean it's kind of alright, but it's, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's almost like when you when you scrub or do anything that brings up the scrubbing menu, um, you kind of get loads of recommended videos as well. Yeah, that get in your way. Yeah, yeah, they really uh, do. It's it's weird. It sort of feels a little bit like, um, not not quite, but it feels a little bit like to me when you're running um, an Electron app on the Mac and you get that little bit of sort of clunk where it's not quite a native Mac OS app, and then you sort of feel that 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 little bit of kind of hang on, this isn't quite quite normal. That's the best way I've heard it described in so long. <laughs> that little <laughs> bit of clunk because yeah. of clunk, you you can't put your finger on what it is quite often. And and that that sums it up really really well actually. I think it's a case of they've they've tried very hard to sort of make their own branding there. You know they are YouTube. This is like like you said before, it's the YouTube experience. It's just now it's the YouTube experience available on Apple TV. And because that's all encompassing, that then means that some of the sort of regular behaviours that you might expect for TVOS are not being represented there because you're getting their take on it, their YouTube feel of it, and perhaps because of that and because of it not necessarily um, being in an environment that that Google and YouTube are able to fully control, maybe, I don't know, um, that some of their implementation then, like I say, is, is then given to having that sort of clunk because it is on top of what what should be there. It's on top of the, the TVOS APIs and everything else as well and not really doing um, the kind of prescribed behaviours 
um, like you say with scrubbing, you know, scrubbing should just be scrubbing. It should just be the same as it is everywhere else on tvOS. Um, I don't want suggested videos in my way at the bottom and that sort of stuff. You know, it's it's annoying because um, it almost gets to the stage where it's easier for me to just use the YouTube experience on my phone and AirPlay if the UI on tvOS starts getting in the way that much. I mean, for people like us uh, that are kind of tech savvy and just kind of follow this kind of stuff, yeah, we we can come on our podcast and complain about it, sure, but yeah, we, we get by. Yeah. But then exactly. I think about people like like my grandparents. How would they get on if suddenly they loaded up YouTube and it was all different? Um, they'd be lost. I remember when they first got a DVD player. Um, I showed them how to use it and a language selection menu came up. And they said, oh, what's this? I said, oh, this is just so you can choose your language. And they're like, oh, okay, fine. Um, selected English. And then they said, oh, let's put in another DVD. So they put in another DVD. And then they said, oh, where's that language selection menu? I said, oh, there it yep. is, it's on screen. They're like, oh, but it doesn't look like the last one did. And no. that, that was it. They were like, well, what do we do? I was like, well, you just need to kind of look at the screen, look at the instructions, and use your arrows. And they're like, yeah, but if it's different on every one, every time we put a new DVD in, we've got to learn this whole thing. I was like, well, yeah, kind of. Sorry, guys. And they were like, well, this is, this is unacceptable. <laughs> why, yeah. why, why can't they all be the same? And yeah, I kind of feel like if they sort of translate that argument to the Apple TV if every time they've scrubbed on their Apple TV they get the same sort of control thing that comes up and it's like okay yeah we can deal with this we know that if we're in Netflix or, or YouTube or, or Amazon Prime that's just yeah we always get that scrubber bar that's fine if all of a sudden YouTube starts playing up they're going to be like uh what yeah what's this <laughs> um yeah and I can't I can't really blame them for having that attitude to it at all I, it's almost sort of shame on YouTube really I think for kind of forcing that upon their users for, for me as, as a developer i kind of can get on my high horse quite easily and be like they should respect the platform and not be messing around like this yeah fair enough but surely at a, at a more base level kind of maybe respect your users a little bit more as well because these users are kind of apple tv users they're used to a certain thing and you're just kind of throwing all that up in their face and i, I don't think that's cool really do you think this is a place for app review to step in in terms of in terms of saying to youtube um you know Come on, guys. Are you having a joke? Come back and see us when you've made something that's actually all right. <laughs> um, oh, I, I get the feeling with the platform at the moment, I don't think they would do that because I still think there's a bit of trouble actually just getting a volume of apps and decent apps and everything onto the platform itself. So I think there's perhaps a thing there where they, they wouldn't necessarily want to have that conversation because the next step could be, ah, there is now no native youtube app on apple tv at all and that actually might affect <laughs> apple tv worse than it would affect youtube this is it isn't it they're in a position of weakness yes because it's almost like they need youtube more than youtube needs them yeah they, they need every every single potential channel as it were to, to come to the platform to give it its power and to give it um that that kind of critical mass I don't know what the the Amazon experience is like since that's come to the platform. Is is that there now? Uh, yeah, Amazon Video or Prime Video. Again, the the menu system is not native. You know, you kind of get that bar at the top, and then in, in like a native app, you kind of got the bar at the top where you might have your your headings, and then underneath that, you've kind of got the, your your rows of content. Yep, it's not quite like that. It's sort of like that, but only in the sense that the Amazon Prime Video app no matter where you go 
it, it's like you know what you'd get on a fire stick or, or elsewhere and yeah it's it's got that same level of clunk to it i suppose <laughs> i'm loving that word that's a, that's a really good way <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel native um, yeah it's but it's not that bad and i say it's not that bad because once you click play you've got the native player so again all, all your scrubbings there every, all, all your controls really what i would say is the critical stuff because once you've got something playing and you want to it becomes more sort of critical that things work as expected on schedule. Yeah. Um, I mean, if a menu sort of flakes out on me, that's fine. I can sort of get around that somehow. But if when I'm watching something and something's playing and I need to pause it quickly or I need to scrub back, I, I, that's when I'm more most prone to get annoyed at something is during yeah. playback because sort of app misbehavior during playback seems to me way worse than app misbehavior when I'm just navigating menus. Um, so yeah, yeah, the 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 prime app's fine. It, okay. It's all right. It's clunky in the menus. I would say a little bit, but when it's playing, it's playing, and yeah, I can mostly forget about it. I think the one that would really get me is if they um, if they moved um, configuration of the subtitles. So that's something we use as a household, and you know, you just sort of kind of swipe down while it's playing, and you get the yeah. the little bar from the top, and then move left and right, and you can turn on the subtitles from there if that behavior was to be significantly different i would fall out with an app very very quickly yeah so again that's actually almost exactly the same as your your the reference you made to your grandparents with the dvd um and language menus you know you kind of want it to be in the same spot every every single time so yeah when when you hit these things and and, and they are different and yeah it just sort of gives you that that kind of slight culture shock i guess is another way of describing it you know it's the same but different and when you're on on a particular platform where you expect it in a particular way it's it's just not a good experience overall mm. it worries me mostly for kind of the the overall state of the apple tv because when you think about two of its most prominent video providers youtube and amazon prime they've just basically done their own thing um and they've not really been too concerned with the, the you know being respectful of, of the platform and it does does make you what gives you pause and makes you wonder you know kind of in what regard is the apple tv held kind of outside of our our bubble that we kind of <laughs> mostly exist in um yeah, yeah like do, do the people at amazon kind of look at it and be like <laughs> yeah all right the apple tv yeah we'll just give them just give them something keep them quiet and then youtube you know again it's like uh, apple tv just just give them like the out of the box kind of thing that we always do for everything else and just just give them that don't worry about you know bending over to make it all apple don't you know just just yeah. just put something out that's that's kind of part of me wonders is that kind of the the opinion in fairness the, these are companies with competing products you know competing hardware products so you've got the fire yeah. stick um you've got chromecast and everything else there um so you know maybe there is that whole element of well why should they be tailoring their their experience to a platform that arguably takes takes money away from them um i don't know i mean you can also see the argument in amazon prime's example that it's it's giving them money or keeping them in the business of having those eyeballs and customers because those customers are subscribers but certainly from google's point of view i could sort of see the apple tv as being a bit of a nice to have i guess yeah i mean netflix more or less kind of plays the game i would say uh i I have an axe to grind with netflix because of the auto-playing um trailers but as an app on the on the uh, platform, yeah, I think they do okay. You, you um, don't like the trailers? The auto-playing trailers, no. Oh, right, okay. No. Um, irritating 
for, for, for us anyway, because we'll quite often be picking something and just going through a few options um, and then pausing to sort of say, oh, yeah, do you fancy watching that or not or this? And then all of a sudden the music starts up, a trailer's on the guy in the background, and it's like, oh, just shut up. We, we, we left you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's an interesting take on it because I, I really quite like it because we always find it really difficult to get into a new season, series, whatever it is especially once we've come out of one that we've been on for a long time it's like oh we feel, we feel utterly lost it's like what do we do um and as luck would have it we just experienced this a couple of weeks ago and then we noticed that a new series of homeland was out so we're like oh phew we can just roll right into <laughs> homeland we don't need to go through this whole ordeal of choosing something new but when we do need to choose something new you know it's because all, all the cover art looks really nice on all, all the stuff so it's kind of like it all looks so good what do we watch yeah um, just to hover over it and you get a trailer, I find that quite useful just to get like a, within 10 seconds, it's like, is this for us? Nah, nah, next. So, oh yeah, this could be cool. And then we're straight into it. Um, but it's, it's interesting to hear you hit the other side of it. I mean, I wonder whether the solution can maybe be, the solution, you know, to try and put right YouTube and Amazon Prime. Um, maybe sort of the, is it TVML they call it? Kind of to make a Netflixy style app on the Apple TV? But my point is, maybe Apple need to kind of make their sort of native offering richer. Would that make sense? In in that, you know, content providers could maybe do more with what Apple gives out of the box rather than having to roll their own. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I, mean, I, I say this without being familiar. Obviously, I've never made a video playing app, so I'm not overly familiar with the the details on this. But it does yeah, make you wonder. It's possible they're not finding the options that they would like, and then it's easier to just kind of, yeah, like you say, roll their own. Needless to say, though, I think it all adds up to the platform as, as a whole at the moment is um, not as cohesive as an experience as we would like it to be. You know, you sort of got these kind of disparate little little islands for, for the different sort of ways that you can consume media on it, and, and that feels a little odd at times. Um, is it the... There's, there's the TV app that is supposed to sort of bring things together. Yeah, and it is really good. I like the idea of it. I love the idea of it. It, I mean, to the point where an Apple TV update came out and the, you know, the button with the TV icon on it, that update repurposed that button by default to not take you to the grid of apps like the home screen, um, but to actually take you into the TV app. Right. So, I mean, that was like a pretty strong signal of intent to me that Apple are like, yeah, we really want this TV thing to be like the core of your Apple TV experience. Um, and, it, it's a great idea i love it but it doesn't netflix won't play ball with it so that's kind of instantly makes it no good for me i would i would argue um and also i use plex sort of for local stuff in the house yeah um and that doesn't play ball with it either to be fair to amazon you know despite their sort of clunky app they do um <laughs> So that that's quite nice that their stuff kind of feeds into it, as does uh, the BBC stuff. Like, so I've got iPlayer and things like that yeah. here in the UK. There's also ITV Player and uh, Channel 5. Not that I ever watch anything on there, but they've got a player thing that feeds into it as well. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a really good idea. And maybe, yeah, just need to wait it out while other companies sort of come come to the party, I guess. Um, but then you get people like Netflix that they want to own the entire experience and I, I guess they don't want to be handing off to the Apple TV app 
in that way because then they're losing well they're losing things like running their trailers because i'm guessing at, at some stage they've got data that those auto playing trailers are on the whole a good thing i guess so yeah and, and encourage engagement things like that they can measure goodness knows what so yeah perhaps handing off to the apple tv app is something they don't want just period no because i think the the, the belief from netflix is that they want their whole menu their whole app to be the front door straight into their content and i guess the tv app kind of puts puts the front door there rather than with them yes um, yeah absolutely yeah so i mean i guess if you end up in a situation where that is you know quite literally the front door for the whole experience you know people are using the tv app by default and everything else is there maybe you might see something like netflix sort of come across but I could imagine them being one of the last ones to do so. Yeah. And frankly, as long as they keep playing nicely with making their Netflix app kind of nice and Apple TV friendly, they can do what they want, really. I mean, even if Amazon said, we're not doing the TV app anymore, um, but here's our nice new Apple TV friendly app, and YouTube did the same, um, and they said, yeah, yeah, we're just not going to bother with the TV app, but we're going to play nicely with Apple TV here on out. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, fine, I'll, I'll take that. That's that's good enough. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm just too picky about this kind of stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know, but um, as we've sort of referred to the the kind of clunk sort of aspect with all of this, um, it does make me sort of think about things like um, like Electron apps on the Mac, um, like the potential of Marzipan sort of coming maybe. Is it actually scheduled for later on this year? Possibly. Yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of what I've been hearing. So, yeah, maybe something that dubbed up. Yeah, so so I think I think the um, the big thing there with, with Marzipan is going to be sort of making sure that it integrates in, in a fashion that, that doesn't feel like that. You know, it's got to feel Mac native or feel like its own thing that is supposed to feel like that when it is on the Mac. Um, yeah yeah that 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 definitely means it can't just sort of feel like you've now you've got the simulator you know running running your app sort of contained on mac os it's, it's running your ios app on mac os in that sort of fashion yeah so it's going to be very very interesting actually to sort of see how marzipan plays out in that that respect yeah it can't come can't come soon enough i would say it, it, it can't we've we've lost um another native app haven't we in the last week so the twitter app is going yeah yeah that's a shame um do you did you use the app much on on the mac yeah i I do use it um i think it's going to put me in a position where i just don't bother with twitter on my mac i'm not going to boot it into a browser window um i much prefer the experience either in the mac app or on on my phone so i guess i just won't bother with twitter unless i'm on my phone or or iPad. Yeah, that's basically what it's boiled down to to me. Um, I mean, I, I would leave the Twitter app open on my Mac, and it would kind yeah. of be there, you know, throughout the day. Um, whereas in my web browser, it's kind of when it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So maybe, maybe this will be a good thing for my productivity <laughs> <laughs> in general. Just getting Twitter out of the way. But yeah, it makes me sad because it. I forget who said it. I think it may have been um, Dan Fromer said something about he, he tweeted. Saying that yeah, the the Mac app of Twitter it felt alive, 
um, whereas the browser experience just didn't. So mm. it, on that basis, it's kind of you know we're losing out as a result of of the, the Twitter app going away. Yes, um, I, I suppose we could use a third party Twitter client on the Mac, but I worry that the kind of those apps in general are treated kind of like second class citizens by um, Twitter. Yeah, by Twitter, just in in yeah. the you know features that Twitter are going to roll out, features that Twitter have rolled out, like polls and things like that, um, not necessarily available in a nice native way on third party clients. It's it's it just seems like a like just just a real shame in, in general. Um maybe Twitter want to be more like Facebook where they kind of they kind of just like own every single place that their users interface with the platform. Maybe that's kind of where they're heading. And just sort of getting rid of the Mac app was just kind of part of their tidying up phase. And then that kind of makes me wonder about third party apps in the long term. If that's the case, then that that kind of also breeds an argument, though, um, as to will they actually bother with something like Marzipan later on this year? You know, if they want everybody to be using, if they if they want everybody to be be kind of going to the web experience right now, then I guess that kind of makes that the default when you're not on a phone. And so, in that case, if they're putting all that effort over there, do, do they even going to really care if they want you on? the browser experience when you're on something like a desktop, then maybe there's no point for them to bring it to marzipan you know, to use that. Yeah, you, you could well be completely correct with that. Yeah. I hope not. You know, I hope this is, is kind of a view of, Oh, well, we're going to retire this Mac OS app because it's kind of another thing to maintain. And there is the web experience for the Mac. You can just boot a browser and there you are. And then later on this year, you know, we'll see the, the um, iOS version make its way over to mac os in some form through whatever marzipan becomes um, i hope that is the case because i'd quite like it back on my mac um i've not lost it yet you know the app i've got's not going anywhere um but it will eventually stop working i guess that would be a shame so i just hadn't realized how often i sort of use it as a bit of a sort of like news ticker kind of thing you know it's it's just sort of sitting there and it, it, it kind of I, I see it incidentally as i'm on the mac and then stops any any temptation to try and check it on my phone you know it keeps it where i am yeah i i just like the idea of there being lots of ways to interact with twitter be it you know if you like the web browser fine great if you like the twitter app on the mac great if you like uh twitterific on the mac great yeah because what what one person likes about one experience uh, another might like about the other yeah and then you you you're as a user you can then choose the solution that best fits your kind of interpretation of what twitter is to you in in your mind which i think is it, it is great uh, it's kind of choice that's fantastic but then I'd, I'd, i would worry if i were a developer of like a third-party twitter client especially at the moment with twitter being quite um yeah they seem to be making a lot of changes at the moment i mean the 240 characters being one example uh, you could say the, the mac app being cut off is another example of just lots of changes is taking place at the moment at twitter I would be worried if I was a third-party developer that I'm kind of one press release away from being put out of business, essentially. Yeah. And then I suppose you've got the conversation then about Twitter in general, if we're thinking about it generally, is that have they have they actually found a way to make money yet? Because I'm sure I, I read something that they've lost. I forget what the figure was. It, it was billions that they've lost since since they launched. Right. And I, and I seem to remember, I was reading something um, last night from an article back into the back end of 2017 saying that they're, 
they lost is like a hundred million they lost, but now they got the losses down to twenty million. So they were like, "That's really good." And I suppose that is good, but it's still <laughs> still loss, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's not like profits of you know several million. It's losses of several million. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering. Okay, so then they've got to turn the corner on that loss, and, and I guess if if coming down to something like twenty million is is being celebrated, then. That means they think they're going to turn that corner and then go into profit sort of fairly soon. Basically, yeah. That's what they're yeah. projecting. It's like profit is next. Yeah. And so in that case, that's great. But how are you going to replace all the money that's been lost sort of over time? <laughs> how quickly is that going to come back? Um, mm, okay. I'm not sure I fully see that either, which is a shame because I, I get an awful lot out of Twitter. I really you know, use it every day and... and I think it's been really instrumental to things like like running this podcast. So yeah, I I just love Twitter. That's my thing. I think why I get quite animated when I talk about this kind of stuff is because I care so much about it because I like it so much. When I start thinking about it too deeply, you can kind of see the the problems they're facing and I kind of get a bit agitated by it. I guess this is maybe the best way to say it. I still wonder whether only occasionally I mean, it's just like a random kind of theory in my head sometimes, but whether a paid model would maybe work. Mm. I mean, it pro- probably wouldn't but <laughs> it's a fun thought experiment it's just um, hard not to uh immediately sort of think back to things like um app.net at that point yeah yeah i mean i was thinking the other day wouldn't it have been great if that had worked out yeah um i mean if you imagine oh, i don't know let's say let's say twitter said two two bucks a month to to be on twitter would, ad would free you pay it? ad free would you pay it uh I think it would depend on exactly what I got with that. Um, but I, I'd certainly, I could be convinced for two bucks a month. Just Twitter as it is right now, it makes it financially sustainable. So it's going to stick around and you won't get ads. Yeah. Yeah. Two bucks a month, job done. Yeah, precisely. That's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. Whereas actually the the easier decision on that one is um, if Facebook were to turn around and do the same, even at two bucks a month, I would probably just kill it. Oh, Facebook, I would cancel in a heartbeat. I've more yeah. or less cancelled it now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't bear Facebook. Um, yeah. I don't like the way they, they control the feed. There's so many different things I don't like about Facebook. Oh, did you see that thing I tweeted? Um, was it yesterday or the day before? With regards to Facebook? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, it, apparently in the iOS app, um, you can turn on a VPN under like the security section and it routes all of your traffic over a Facebook-owned VPN. did see that, actually, yeah. It, it's argued in, your, in the security settings it's presented as being a um, a more secure way of operating, isn't it? It's got a little um, shield icon or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crikey. Imagine giving them all that data on top uh, of what we already give them. And, and that, that really annoys me as well because it, it fundamentally misrepresents um what a vpn is supposed to be to a lot of users that are going to have no real understanding of the technicalities um, i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it when i saw that yeah no that's it's, it's quite appalling and just another example of the way facebook operates i know there are issues with twitter though to be fair sort of while we're we're complaining well not complaining but comparing um social media platforms but yeah i just i prefer twitter as an all-around experience um and like yourself, I do do get quite animated about all of this because, yeah, you know, okay, it's just a Mac app, you know, that started this whole conversation. We, we've all we've that's happened is we've lost uh, an app that you know sits there on the corner, kind of doing its thing, and we can still access it through a web browser. So we've not lost 
anything, I guess you could argue, but you know, it's something that I use every day. It's something that is something that I enjoy using. And I think it's a shame that it's going. I just like yeah. to say, I, 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 in the absence of them opening the API up any further or enabling third party clients to sort of do their thing, then I really do hope that they sort of come back in one way or another later on this year. Yeah, I I mean, just to flesh out that kind of paid model a little bit more, like you said, you know, Twitter doesn't, you know, it has its issues in the same way that Facebook does. I wonder whether payment, even if it's something like $2 a month, would kind of get rid of a lot of those problems. Stop the trolls, you mean? Yeah, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Kind I think it would stop a... a lot of the incidentals, for sure. I mean, I, I did a bit of kind of like back of a napkin math on uh, their users so at the end of 2017, they had 327 monthly active users. 327,000, was it? 327 million, sorry. Whoa. Which is, yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? It's an awful lot, yes. So 327 million monthly active users. Let's assume 90% of them leave if you charge two bucks a month. So that yep. would leave roughly 33 million users paying $2 a month, $66 million a month, times by 12 is 7 92 million a year yep surely that works <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of money right <laughs> yeah and and you know especially when um when maybe you don't lose those 90 percent that, that that don't go with the two bucks you still keep them on a, a free tier with adverts yeah you know um, um yeah i don't know just a, just an interesting thought <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be interested I'd, what Basically, what I would love to actually know is if they did come out and say it's $2 a month, how, what would the actual percentage be that leave? Would it mm. be 90? Would, would it be 70? I mean, if it's 70, those numbers get way better really quickly as well, don't they? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, it's an interesting thought. It'd kind of be their angle as well that, you know, being that you have to pay to be on it, it's kind of a bit more exclusive and, you know, it's generally more well-kept. Um, yeah kind of like a better neighborhood i mean for the most part like i think of our kind of segment of twitter that we kind of live in kind of like you know in the ios devs for the most part i would consider it to be like a nice neighborhood of twitter if that makes sense yeah yeah i'd agree um, you know pe- people are helpful respectful you know for the most part everything's really quite nice and that was one of the things that kind of inspired me to get more involved with like the ios development in general and, and the community that surrounds it but then like you see the horror stories don't you elsewhere within twitter Yes. Um I don't I don't envy the guys at Twitter that have got to uh you know make these hard decisions. Um it's you know the team that are there. I under no illusion that they've, they've got their work cut out. Yeah, you know, it's it's all well and good for me to sit on a podcast and do some quick calculations based on people paying $2 <laughs> a month and consider Twitter to be fixed. I mean that's that's not the case, I'm sure. Yeah. Um but yeah. I on one hand, I completely empathise and kind of understand, well, not understand, but appreciate what they're going through in that, you know, the hard decisions they've got to make to, to keep this platform running and make it sustainable in the long term and balancing all these different things. Um, and then on the other side of me, there's there's the user that loves Twitter for kind of what it is. And I, I guess that's why, yeah, that's kind of why I get so cranky when... Uh, we start talking about it like this i think um i think maybe we should be looking um at where 
where that same community can be sort of found elsewhere though as well sort of in the longer term that's why i really like ideas like um like micro dot blog i've been guilty of sort of paying it a lot of attention when it first came around and, and not really looking for a while but i think that's developing at, at pace yeah that lets you host your own microblog feed wherever you want and syndicate that off to twitter and so you can can publish from publish to one publish to your microblog and then it will publish back to twitter for you um hmm. that, that's perhaps not such a bad idea to be sort of looking at those sort of things because i think if Twitter shifts and changes in a way that makes people leave the platform or anything like that as well, then, you know, maybe some of this community that, that we have found that does exist sort of within our little niche and area around iOS programming and everything else, you know, maybe it's a good idea to have a sort of backup of, of, of where, where that community might be found outside of Twitter or post Twitter okay we'll call that a wrap if you've enjoyed today's show it'd be great if you could leave us a review on itunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in overcast by hitting that star button that will help us reach even more like-minded people um, also we have our slack channel we'd love to invite you to join our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out if you'd like to join uh, just leave us a message on twitter at wfr podcast and we'll get you signed up so dave before we run off where can people find you you can find me on Twitter at DW Roboheads. That's Roboheads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at Roboheads.com. Again, that's Roboheads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? Yeah, you can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com, my latest app to help kids learn to read. You can find at spacereaders.com. And on Twitter, I'm at underscore Dave Knott.